Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast. We are on episode 14 and I am Jess. And I am Sasha. And this week, <laughs> we're both so eager. I wasn't sure if I was going to say that, but you go oh. for it. You, you. We're doing a Q&A. Yeah. Um, we're doing a Q&A and we actually did get some questions. Um, I was hoping that we'd get some good questions that we weren't going to have to make them up ourselves because... It's like everyone listens to podcasts and looks on Instagram for fitness. There must be some things that people want to know. There mm. must be. Um, so yeah, we've got some got some good good questions actually. Some good questions. Um, also, anything exciting happened to you this week or no? What day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, my brain's a bit frazzled just because I didn't sleep very well last night because it was four hundred degrees. Um, so I just, this is the, the summer heat way we've been waiting for and it's two days long um exactly but it's um my first you know what it's my first full week of work since um beginning of august because of august being so busy so i'm looking mm. forward to spreading my work over five days instead of three and actually not having to like rush and fit everyone into one day and yeah so nothing exciting but um I'm feeling very chilled and then obviously you and I are having a cute meeting on Friday. Cute meeting? Of course I'm coming to Manchester and of course it's going to rain. Oh for God's sake. It always rains. I always feel like as well when I lived in Manchester it's like whenever the rest of the world, although today is a, a like not an example of this but whenever the rest of the world was sunny it was like Manchester would rain and whenever Manchester was sunny everywhere else was rainy. Oh yes, exactly. Pennines. Anything exciting for you? Uh, no, just coming to see you on Friday. Um, not really a lot. Otherwise, just yeah, into a flow of training. We were just speaking about like how, as with everybody, I'm sure, um, the social life has been at its peak over the last couple of months. I had a mega July, and Sasha's has had a mega August. So we've both just been talking around how that's impacted our training and how it's pretty normal for us all to kind of feel like this as well. Like we all go through these phases during the year. So kind of just to reinforce that to anyone who's listening, who feels maybe a bit like that at the minute. Yeah. And you're, everyone's going to have months like that every year. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to avoid it is just pretty pointless to be honest. Um, yeah. It's going to happen. Do what you can, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Have fun. Mm. You know, we've got these social events and people are like, Oh no, I'm not going to be able to like, um track my lunch and it's like bigger picture guys <laughs> yeah picture let's look at yeah. the picture. um question one I guess. what questions have we got then today like should we start with a fun one <laughs> yes uh what did uh, your one of your instagram followers asked about embarrassing yeah so what someone uh neve actually mentioned to me she said what is your most awkward gym experience and I think I'm gonna let Sasha go first on this one because I I've got a few but no no like standout ones I feel like I need to maybe have a think a little bit more um I'll let you go first (laughs) it's funny because it's not actually awkward when you've been working someone for a long time but clients fart sometimes (laughs) I find it hilarious and sometimes like they've tried to hide it and I'm like I heard the fart (laughs) (laughs) absolutely hilarious I'm like you know you know we all fart about 14 times a day so the chances of you doing one in this gym session is quite high Um, I I'm massively awkward about stuff like that like Matt doesn't Matt's never even moving together eight years I don't do it (laughs) I you know everyone else starts 14 times a day I just never ever fart I'm just a big ball of gas (laughs) you don't want to get trapped wind no, I don't. I do, obviously, oh no, Sasha, I can't believe we're talking about this. Obviously, I do, but I don't. <laughs> I hate it. It makes me so. All my friends will listen to this and they'll be like, "This is the worst topic for me." I don't. I don't like toilet talk. Or anything I love like that. toilet it talk. So I know it's normal. I know it's nothing to be embarrassed about. But for some reason, something must have happened in my childhood that makes me really uncomfortable about it. No, I'm no. Don't get me wrong. It's not like my favorite topic of discussion. But I think. Um... <laughs> it's it's gonna happen you know and like I live with Anthony Chung and (laughs) he oh my goodness me he is terrible 
Um, Did you know actually that I think um, I think a fact is that women actually do it more than men. <laughs> you know what? I actually burp a lot, um, and I make uh, I drink. Uh, fizzy drinks not I'm not saying this like, oh I drink coke and fanta all the time but like I do like a diet coke and I do like mm. drink, so I, I am quite gassy in that extent so um maybe I'm more gassy this end than than that <laughs> but I do find it hilarious when couples that have been together for as long as you have and like my coach Craig and um his partner Georgie um they'll be like Sasha what the fuck but they they've been together a very long time and they live together and and, and Georgie's due date for her baby was yesterday and they still haven't farted in front of each other and Craig but it's not a right it's not a right passage yeah but like I'm in the gym with Craig and he'll literally fart like so close to me and I'm like how has Georgie not had you fart when like I feel like you make an effort to fart when I'm here like, yeah, <laughs> maybe have- maybe he holds in until he gets to work and then he's like but like, you and Matt live together yeah we have we've lived together for a very long time like me and my uh boyfriend uh, Daniel (coughs) obviously you know you got you got to do it I actually heard him fart for the first time the other day and he went Sasha I just farted (laughs) just to confirm and um but when we first started like obviously sleeping over you have to have the chat in the morning of like but I just brought it up because I'm a big person like if it's awkward I'd rather just say it so I was like, oh, so in the morning when you need to do a number two, I was like, how about the other person sits on the um, uh, the terrace and then we can swap? And he was like, yeah, okay. So ever since then, it's like, I'm like, Daniel, uh, I do. Yeah. can you vacate the premises, please? Oh, yeah. And do you know what? Like, it, obviously, we all know it happens. So it's just, it's fine. Like when I went traveling with my best friend um, for like four months around the world and we went to like Asia and stuff, our stomachs were not in the greatest conditions for those countries so it's like we had like a routine um but anyway I feel like we've talked about this enough (laughs) I feel like we need to talk about something else that's that's awkward um in the gym but it's funny I find it hilarious um I am my first ever PT session with um a woman called Gemma uh six in 2015 2015 um I was backing away from her to look at her um hinging pattern mm. and I tripped backwards over a kettlebell and hit my head on the set um in my first ever PT session which was hilarious obviously I just had to laugh it off um mm. I've also uh done a box jump on uh they used to, it used to be made out of metal which is fucking ridiculous um and I fell over cut my leg open and passed out um and I also walked into a barbell um a safety bar and the end of the barbell which is circle cut my eye in a circle and I was trying to pretend it didn't hurt but it did and I was like no it's fine and then Georgia Shears who's a PT in our gym was like Sasha you've got blood on your eye and I had like a ring of blood (laughs) casual few accidents yeah I've definitely I've done the box jump one when I when I used to do crossfit I feel like that's almost like a rite of passage when you go to crossfit isn't it to fall over at some point when your legs are knackered um and cut my shin open um everyone's probably had some embarrassing experience with a resistance band I've definitely been pinged in the face with one at the gym before or when you're like trying to do a pull-up and it like gets caught caught between your legs and basically feels like it's got to chop you in half that um that's happened as well (laughs) um what's another one I remember once as well so when I used to do CrossFit I um did the CrossFit open for like maybe like the first or second time and the CrossFit Open, if anyone who doesn't know, is like um, the competition that you can all enter and everyone, even the elite athletes, athletes do it. And it's a series of workouts over, is it like a two week or something time frame or something? It's five workouts. Right. And it's like over that time frame and you submit your workouts and then the best of the best go to the CrossFit Games, basically. It gets filtered down, they go to regionals, then they go to the CrossFit Games, which is an amazing thing. And um I remember doing the CrossFit Open and I don't know why I used to take it so seriously. Take it so seriously. And this is when me and Matt both went to CrossFit together and I remember doing a workout and I think it was like, I think it was something like deadlifts and pull-ups or something. And I remember being knackered, like really, really tired and then trying to do um, a pull-up and I couldn't do it. And it was like for like, you have to get a certain score or whatever. 
And then I remember just sitting on the floor next to Matt and I just started crying. And he was like, why are you crying? I was like, because I can't do it. And he was like, but you're crying over a workout. What's wrong with you? And I remember just being like, I feel like I'm just really emotional. <laughs> Not like I thought I was going to go to the CrossFit game. So I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> like, He was like, I think, I think that's too much CrossFit for you today. <laughs> Maybe less CrossFit. <laughs> Maybe less CrossFit, less emotional stress. And we just chill the F out. That was, that was years ago. I remember that really well. I bet like Matt's like, yeah, I remember it. It was highly, highly funny. Cried in the gym before. I cried in um, pure gym and oval in London. But, this, this must have been ten years ago because I couldn't deadlift seventy. But so don't you, don't you think that as well when it comes to because I have had this before with clients when they've like not been able to do something and they get a bit frustrated or whatever and and I always say to people it's because like you're all like if you're already highly stressed like you've got a stressful job or you've had a stressful day. And then you go to the gym. The one thing where you're like, this is my release. This is my time to shine. And then you go in for like a one rep max or something and you can't do it. It's almost like, oh, and another thing. Like you get really annoyed. And then that's when you get upset because it's like the one thing that you thought you were going to be able to do today. You've not. And you get really pissed off about it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it, it is passion. And it's like, it, it, you know, it means something to you and whatever. But also it's like, we can't expect to perform best in the gym if the hours around it are just a right mess yeah like and that's the problem like it's connected it's like no it is connected um and if you can't if you're stressed and your lifestyle uh stuff is shit then you cannot recover from it so yeah back to do it you won't be able to do it it's like learning a new skill with no sleep you need you need to um reset go have a good night's sleep and then do it again to be able to learn the new skill it's the same as training same with running as well isn't it like how many times do we say to each other about um say if you're going to do a 5k or a 10k or whatever half marathon time and it literally the stars have to align you get you need to be having a good sleep you need to be lowering your stress you need to be eating right you need to make sure your recovery is a priority you need to make sure that um what's going on in regards to everything else around your lifestyle is all in like balance and then you go to do your run and you're like oh god I'm annoyed I didn't get a PB today and it's like well yeah because the stars literally have to align everything needs to be lined up it's not just did you did you do really well that day did you push yourself hard because it's all the other stuff yeah no exactly and like running in fact we'll 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 use this to go into one of our um we've got a running question haven't we um Mm. yeah you're right like to do well in running you know I always find like if I'm ovulating um I do really well but sometimes I remember running with my mum in London and like sometimes you feel like you're dragging yourself along like in a wheelbarrow and sometimes (laughs) and sometimes you're like oh my god I could just run all day Um, but as we always say and you know as is is known it's like running is, is is a skill and you need to practice it and you need to be good at it and you can't just go out and be running 5k time trials all the time because you'll get yourself into a right pickle yeah and I think it's you said it to me once which is a great analogy which is like if you're wanting to improve your back squat or whatever you don't just keep going right I'm going to lift that weight again 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 and just keep trying to improve it it's like you don't do that Mm -hmm. no why do we do it without running why do we just think oh I'll just continue to smash my body into pieces yeah you know why because in fact why don't you uh you were reading this running book and you said a good thing about why we um goodness I can't remember quite what you the two problems with like running slow it was wasn't it yes so um Jess and I have been so I'm currently training Jess for a marathon and I train quite, in fact, I have two half people doing half marathons, just doing a marathon. And then a few people, um, one client is doing this really random, I've forgotten the name of the, the test, but it's basically where there's a group of four and in 24 hours, you've got to run 10K as many times as you can. What, they each take it in turns? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, God, that sounds horrendous. <laughs> what was that? But a good challenge. What was that David Goggins challenge? Can you remember? David. I don't know, something ridiculous. The four, 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 48, is it? Where you do, uh, what is the four, four, eight? Four miles every four hours for 48 hours, which is four miles 12 times, 48 miles in total. But David Goggins is an ex Navy SEAL. An ex Navy SEAL who can do that. 
and he's a he's like the third first one of the toughest races in the world he came third like exactly yeah. exactly so like it, it just like how am I going to say this very well <laughs> without going like so let's take uh, Samantha Briggs as an example okay a girl from Man a woman sorry from Manchester I think she's 38 now she won the CrossFit Games in 2013 um she is part owner of the gym that I um work in so I've met her many times lovely lady she is ridiculously aerobic she is ridiculously fit she's known as the engine isn't she exactly. she's known as the engine so uh Jess was just talking about the CrossFit Games and in the CrossFit Games there are 40 um, women and 40 men taken from thousands and hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And it leads down to 40 men and 40 women. So Sam has qualified for that every year for as, as long as we can remember. Okay. Yeah. But it just shows how it's a running for a long time is it in a, it's in a league of its own fitness wise to be able to run at a low heart rate for a really really long time is not easy and it takes years and years and years and years to get right um some people don't get me wrong uh, are naturally going to be uh better people that maybe played a sport as a kid or um uh weren't you saying oh my god that oh, really yeah no really good start yeah so um me and Sasha was on about the how the Kenyan runners runners basically took over in like the 90s like 2000s but before that they were like non-existent in marathon races like they just weren't they weren't present because I think even to the point that if you look at like the Olympics back in the 50s they didn't even like place they really struggled to like get any medals stuff like that and it came out that in this uh, research that I read it was saying that in the 1970s uh, Christianity was getting massively pushed in countries like Kenya and they set up some uh, schools, some like uh, Catholic, like Christianity schools. And that was the, the main source of education for, for many Kenyans. But as you can imagine, transport wasn't easy to go to and from school. So what they did was they ran to school every single day. They ran back, which was miles and miles and miles. But because they weren't doing it as like, oh, I need to run and race to school, they were doing it because it was like their mode of transport. It was like a leisurely jog with their friends. So the way that Kenyans have now become some of the best runners in the world is that for years and years during their childhood, they grew up doing slow aerobic running. So they had the best foundations possible to then go on if they wanted to, to become athletes of the longer distance races, which is now that why they all smash it. Um, well, not, that's, that's obviously me, gen, that's generalizing, but this is what this study was saying. And it, I just thought that was like so interesting. Literally like, obviously this is a podcast so you can't see me but hearing stuff like that just makes me beam like I'm proper smiling because it's the stuff that people don't think about it's like mm -hmm. and like obviously I love that fact but like going back to Sam Briggs at uh the, the CrossFit Games I can't remember what year it was to be honest but there was a, a trail run and it was seven kilometers and it was like you know up through the is in California so it's up through the hills or whatever and basically it was like who can do this seven kilometers the fastest yeah. Um, which isn't a long time, remember, seven kilometers. Yeah. Um, so there's 40 men, 40 women. And uh, Matt Fraser, who won the games uh, many times, came yeah. first. Okay. Um, so yeah, he, he smoked everyone, came first. So out of the whole 80, Sam Briggs came second. Mm -hmm. She beat 39 men. Yeah. And she, and you watch it honestly for anyone listening who's actually like proper proper into fitness and loves like this kind of stuff she just yeah go on youtube and watch her like it's like it's like watching watching a piece of art <laughs> honestly it's amazing and the thing about aerobic fitness is that it's um you can obviously sustain it for a long time but it's also she's so she's able to recover so fast that she could probably sit down for half an hour and do it again and still win mm. and that's that's fitness you know, there's mm -hmm. a saying um, that James Fitzgerald says, he's like, anyone can suffer once. Yeah. Anyone can go hard for 10 minutes. And literally, quite literally everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But to rest and do it again, exactly the same it, with quality, that is, that is a skill. And that is very, 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 very difficult. Um, so it just... So going, going on to the question then, Sash, where yeah. someone drops a message. <laughs> Later. The question that someone actually asked was, 
um, talking a little bit around 80-20 training, specifically in regards to running. So um, this is what me and Sasha are talking about in regards to um, aerobic running. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the principle of like the 80-20 running is basically that, in short, you are completely in 80% of all your running at a low intensity and 20% of it at a moderate, moderate to high intensity. Mm-hmm. And the reason that this is the case is because in order, and this is what me and Sasha, we like the quote of the day, which is in order to run stronger, race faster, you need to do it by training slower. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard bit to get people's head around because we don't um, necessarily, I don't know, maybe maybe pay attention to running principles in as great detail as we do training principles. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's very similar. Yeah. Like it's, for example, for those that, let's talk about lifting weights because people seem to be more familiar with it if you were going to do five sets of five back squat at a good weight um what would you do in between those sets you would rest appropriately to be able to express the same strength and the same Mm -hmm. in in the next set right so let's just say i was doing 60 kilos right it's quite hard i'd probably rest for three three to five minutes if it was really tough but that means that i could do 60 kilos 60 kilos 60 kilos 60 kilos and my last set would look the same as the first set. So I've literally just done a very, very nice five sets of five. Great. You know, uh, I can definitely recover from it because I've allowed myself to rest. Um, I could probably build on it next time because the last set looked like the first set. If the last set looked like a dog's dinner because I'm not rested enough, then I wouldn't be able to do more at the next uh, on the next session. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same as running. So let's take like 5k training, for example, because it seems to be like the, you know, what everyone likes to do. Um, You need to break it down. Let's say one kilometer rest for a long time, a a good amount of time, but not longer than it took you to run that kilometer. Because if your rest is longer than it took you to do the interval, it's unsustainable by nature. So it needs to be either the same rest or less to be mm-hmm. aerobic um but that kind of training is threshold so the question is 80 20 80 80 slow is because 80 percent of your slow running should be aerobic and when we say aerobic for those listening we mean repeatable we mean uh, uh low heart rate we mm-hmm. mean you can stop and just be like uh, anyway and get on with your day right so it's sustainable work you can recover from it you probably won't have doms the next day you could probably lift weights the same day if you needed to um it wouldn't affect your mental acuity it's just like yeah easy days mm-hmm. because that adaptation lasts for a long time but if you um do threshold work or high intensity work um that adaptation only lasts for two weeks so that's why, or well, I think, you know, 14 to 16 days or something. So that's why you use it at the end of your training when you're about to race. It's mm-hmm. sharpening the sword. It's doing all your aerobic work and then just sprinkling on some threshold work at the end just to peak for a test. So the issue is with people who do 80-20 and don't do the 80 and just do all the hard work is that you're, you're peaking all the time. Yeah. So you can't recover from it, which means that, it's a stress response and it's not an actual adaptation. I hope that is, I hope that's not. Yeah. And, and no, it, do, it does make sense. But obviously maybe it's one of those things because we, we're, we're in it. But I think it, it's hard, like it is hard to communicate this for sure, because most people don't like to run slow. Right. And that's what low intensity is. And it's hard because as a coach, me and Sash don't like to say slow because instantly people think, oh, I don't want to run slow. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, what's the point? I want to run fast. And it's like the reason probably you want to run fast is because you've always um, I think as well as humans, we're very task orientated. We like to think, OK, how quick can I do that? I want to get it done. I want to get it tidied off. Tick, da, 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 da. But like over the years, what's probably happened is we've become very habitual in what we think is our normal running pace. Whereas that isn't low intensity. That's probably moderate to high intensity that we've become accustomed to. And the reason we talk about like this 80-20 thing, there's like tons and tons and tons of research into it, but it is still fairly new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because hard work in in the fitness industry, hard work pays off. It's like, oh yeah, grind. Grind, yeah. More work, more work. So... I've had clients before where I've literally communi- tried to communicate it as best possible 
and some people if if in their life they've done too much threshold work and they've just done threshold 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 high heart rate stuff all the time it actually stops them being able to express true uh like true aerobic work so it's basically like you they can't physically run at a low heart rate they just can't do it mm-hmm. which is really hard to like it's really hard to communicate because it's, it's like it, you don't no one wants someone telling them that you can't do something it's not that they can't do it it's that they're gonna need some work to get there again yeah and it's like that there has there has been so much there's so much that backs this up as well in the sense of even if you look at like Mo Farah Mo Farah runs 120 miles a week right 100 miles are done at low intensity the difference between you and I and Mo Farah is that Mo Farah's low intensity is probably our high intensity right Mo Farah, uh, Mo Farah's heart rate when he's doing those long runs is probably like 120. Yeah, Matt, when I did the London Marathon in 2019, Matt was at, is it, is it Cutty, what's the ship that's called in London? Is it Cutty Stark? Is yeah, that it? Like that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Matt was like there with like my mum and dad and his his mum and sister. And he was like, honestly, he was like, Mo Farah ran past me. He was like, I missed him. <laughs> he was like, he literally ran past. Matt was like, I didn't even see him. He went that quick. I was like, there's me like, been able to like stop and like go so slow and plodding along but Matt was like he was so so quick but that's the thing like in regards to trying to transition like oh, there's a reason the elite athletes of the world train 80 20 is it because it gives them the best performance it helps them run faster stronger etc the hard bit is trying to transition that over to a recreational runner like us guys maybe who maybe just do it for enjoyment because our thresholds are a lot different so it does feel quite tough but there's so many benefits to it as well as getting quicker and faster like Sash says like for for Jane who works in an office job who's like got really high stress levels the last thing she wants to be doing is pushing herself so hard that when she gets to work she's got brain fog she's got dom she can't get up out of a, a wheelie chair she's wheeling around the office whatever it might be like it's making sure that you understand that with that high intensity comes higher levels of stress and a decline in VO2 max, the two things that you don't need when you're trying to improve your fitness. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you don't see that. But, but you wouldn't go on Instagram and watch a reel about someone running uh, two minutes on, two minutes off for an yeah. hour. So slow running, slow running is like the unsexy part of, um, of fitness, isn't it? It's when people like talk about like, getting eight hours sleep a night, getting 10,000 steps in, the stuff that no one cares about, but is actually really important. Exactly, absolutely. Um, And it's honestly, it's one of those things like, because I'm really into it and I love learning about it, I find it quite easy to understand because like, I know. And Mm -hmm. you're getting into it and you're you're Mm. literally doing it at the minute. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think some people, when I do program it, it's just it's really tough to understand but it's like, yeah I'm literally doing this for a reason uh, yeah it's and it's, it's not it's not a it's not a quick uh, quick thing either is it it's you're looking at weeks and we, depending on, on your starting point depending on your end goal you're looking at weeks and weeks of training which is quite hard sometimes to think oh god another another thing to to kind of chip away at but honestly the rewards of it and like the the percentages there was a study that I read which was like um there was like 30 runners they split the group in group in half. It was like 15 male, 15 male on the other side. They both had like 10K times of like 40 minutes. So they're still pretty good runners, right? Not elite athletes, but very good runners. And what they did was 15 of the runners, they split into 50% low intensity, 50% high intensity, right? Which is what most recreational runners tend to do with their training. And probably a little bit more like in regards to the high intensity. And they did in the other group, 15 of them followed the 80-20 rule, right? So half the group is doing 50-50, low and high intensity, 15 of the group are doing the 80-20. After 10 weeks, the runners with the 50-50 group lowered their 10K time by, I think it was like three and a half percent, right? And the 80-20 group in 10 weeks lowered it by double that, 7%. But in timings, that is huge, right? And I know it doesn't sound a lot, three and, yeah. But if you're... If you're an athlete and you're wanting to improve and you can take seconds, minutes off your time, that is massive. It's mental, isn't it? Huge. Considering as well, when you do the marathon, there is a pacemaker for every like few minutes. So that's the difference it makes for you to be able to complete a like four, whatever, four, four hour marathon time or a 355 marathon time or whatever it is. 
exactly and one last point on this is that people who do a lot of like let's just uh, obviously it's very extreme but it's, it's easy because it's fucking Mo Farah and everyone knows <laughs> when he does his long slow runs yeah it's probably, his heart rate is probably 120 which is yeah. ridiculous like walking yeah so the reason he is able to do moderate to high intensity running every week which not everyone can do is because his probably threshold work is like 160 mm-hmm. but for example me who is a, a I've been running for one year so I am a very very new runner I never did any like proper sports when I was younger so I have my training age for running a year ago was zero right so I was starting from scratch it took me one year to go from to run for 25 minutes I used to run it 180 the whole time, no matter how slow I was going. And now it's 170 a yeah. year, one year. I physically cannot run for more than, I'd say five minutes without my heart rate going above uh, a certain above one threshold pace. Yeah. And so I don't do that because yeah. if you if you constantly work at threshold you will teach your body to only work at threshold which means when I want to do a nice easy run I physically can't do it and that and I don't want that because we no one wants to be there so yeah. that's how long it takes obviously Mofar is extreme but I'm not I'm yeah. an example of someone who is listening who wants to get into running is literally what it takes yeah you know if I have a client they say oh, I want to do a half marathon I've never run before I'm like okay you have to give me three or four years then <laughs> because that to be able to run that and actually run it and not feel like you're going to die at the end and be able to maintain your pace and to run a good time it's so hard it's so hard I'm I'm looking forward to doing my marathon this time around with the information that I have now that I didn't have first time because I think that'll make the world a difference yeah for sure that was very long on running but yeah. you can tell yeah. me and you were into it because I could go on I can go on for hours, but hey. Next question. Yes. Um, Sarah, one of my clients, messaged and said, what does a PT generally tend to look like in your eyes? And this is a bit of like a a, a good question because me and her have been speaking about it, but she knows it'll um, it'll spark a good conversation. So do you, Sasha, think that a personal trainer or a coach should look a certain way to be in the job that they're in? No why I am quite like a funny about this because I don't I would never want to be hired because of my body and I actually know that I have done in the past because people have told me you mm. know um I don't wear really like in, when I'm coaching, I wear like a baggy t-shirt and some shorts or something. Um, I'm not saying that I want to hide myself. I'm very proud of uh, what's under here, but I would never want my knowledge to be based on the fact that I am relatively slim because mm-hmm. I think uh, Amelia Thompson wrote something about like this the other day, like my body is a byproduct of my entire life mm-hmm. so it's got nothing to do with the last couple of years of training it's got everything to do with my entire life from being born to where I am now and what I have done in those 30 years so to base my ability to be able to do my job on that I just it's a bit it's a bit weird however yeah. <laughs> Like you said, in fact, why don't you say the point? Because I fully agree with it that you heard the other day. Um, So this will go on to Jess's point. And I totally agree with this. Yeah, which is in the sense that neither this this got asked at the event I was in in London the other week, um, which was a fitness event. And it was, do you think a personal trainer, it actually came up then, do you think a personal trainer should look a certain way? And they said, raise your hand if you think yes. It's quite a lot of people put their hand up for the yes. And on the other side, it said no. And quite a lot of people put their hand up for no. And I was one of those annoying people and I put my hand up for neither because <laughs> I just sat in the audience because I was like, I don't feel like I sit on either side. The way that I feel is, um, and this is this was uh, ESG, Emma Story God, and this is what she said. And this is how I felt, which is why I didn't say either, which is the way that you coach, you should be uh, not preaching, but you should be 
doing things that you are telling your clients to do, right? You should be living the lifestyle that you are telling them to, to lead, getting sleep, daily movement, drinking water, prioritizing fruit and veggies, eating protein, all these things, right? So she said as a byproduct of that, if you are living that way, you will naturally look a certain way. You will probably not be within the overweight or obese category. You will also probably have some muscle definition if you're prioritizing your training, things like that. So that's kind of how I feel about it. No, you shouldn't look a specific way at all. But if you are living the values that you're telling your clients, you will probably in your own body look in that category type of thing. It's like, it's really hard to try and like, put out there but it is it's like one of those weird things now it wouldn't put me off like looking at a coach and being like oh they haven't got this or this that therefore that's why I'm not going to work I don't I don't really think like that I'm more about the value that I think that they can bring to my life that would be the selling point yeah and I think what what a lot of people do is as well like they want people buy from people so people invest in coaches that they think are like them so I've had people before say to me like, oh, you just seem a bit human. Like some people in the fitness industry seem like a bit not human. So I, I found you quite approachable. And I'm like, well, I'll take that as a win because that's the way I want to come across. So yeah, yeah. and I've had the, I've had the same comments. Um, it's yeah. And yeah, I fully agree. It's like you, if you practice what you preach, which I think actually is really important as a coach, mm-hmm. uh, then the chances are you're going to be in, in shape. Um, because I, I don't think I've ever met anyone in my life who goes to bed early and sleeps eight hours, prioritizes fruit, vegetables, protein, walks every day, lifts weights three times a week at least, um, uh, drinks a lot of water, manages, manages, stress. manages their own stress. Yeah. I've never met anyone who does that and it, it is not in relatively good shape. Mm-hmm. you know so it's like you your body is a byproduct of everything you do in your life so would I hi- I just think of my coach my on my coach's Instagram there isn't even a picture of him you don't even know what he looks like <laughs> so obviously I, I I hired him because I know him and he's very knowledgeable and he's been doing this for 20 years and he's 41 and he knows what he's doing and he's coached athletes and gem pop and everyone Mm-hmm. I didn't go oh Craig's got a six pack <laughs> I'm in hi uh, yeah sign me up um but also I'm sorry to say I I would not hire someone to help me on with it with my own health and fitness who wasn't helping their own doing things to help their own health and fitness mm. like sometimes I see uh, personal trainers in my gym um, no offense to anyone do what you want but personally I just think I wouldn't like to see it if I was a client drinking coffee at 5 p.m in a yeah. month gym floor because they've been oh yeah but I've been at work all day and it's like so but did you I saw this on a during cartel story the other day which he put posts someone did in the question box saying that they'd hired a PT but then that they'd seen over the weekend that they were out drinking so they cancelled their membership with them straight away without even going to a first session and and Darren had basically said like why (laughs) like ultimately like you've got to remember like as much as coaches are there to promote health and fitness they also like to enjoy their lives and if that means socializing with friends and having a drink and like having a, a pizza or a burger or whatever it's like you can expect people to live this life of this narrow-minded version of health and then be upset when they don't fulfill that prophecy that you had in mind. So for me, I was like, well, that person's, the person who sacked them is obviously in a very narrow mindset around what fitness is. And hopefully over the years, they will start to understand it better. And the best thing they probably could have done is stay with that coach because they could have understood how to do it for themselves. So, but yeah, I see that's a, that's you know if if I, if all my clients um cancelled because I had a drink then I wouldn't have any clients <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that salute <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness me um yeah so I think that um to to sack someone for like having a pizza and booze is a, is a bit ridiculous to be honest but um there are certain things that I just think we shouldn't be showing on uh socials anyway like I don't know it could go we could go on about that for 
for ages. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I always think as well, and it was actually Sai who said this to me once, which was um, people don't want a miserable coach. Whereas it is true. People don't want to like sometimes see, oh, I'm having a really bad day. But then sometimes I think Instagram, it's good to show that you're human if you are having a bit yeah. of a rough time. So it's like trying to find that fine balance of being like, oh, this isn't the best. But then at the same time, like, I'm not, I'm not being a miserable person. Please. Yeah. I'm 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 generally quite positive anyway yeah. to be fair no for sure no I think that's super important I, and uh, this is one of the my favorite things that a client has ever said to me like I have quite a few but um I have a client who I train twice a week two two or three times a week for uh I think we're on to our sixth year or something it's ridiculous one to one and um he said to me about a, a year ago he was like Sash I see you a lot, obviously. And he said, I've never seen you in a bad mood. He was like, literally. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. He said, every time you come in, you're, you're always full of energy. You're always smiling. Um, you're always, I don't know, you're always, it's like, even if there was something really going wrong in, inside, he was like, I would never know. And he's like, not as if, not as in like, I don't want you to show it if you are upset or something and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's really important and that's why I don't do evening PT sessions anymore because because I've got loads of energy in the morning and I work a lot in the morning I know that those evening PT sessions I'd be so tired and, and I wouldn't be able to be that person um mm -hmm. so it was so nice to hear like he was like honestly I've never seen you like every time I go in I, like I'm beaming and like hello you know like go, go and see him on the treadmill or whatever and I think that's um it's super important to, like Simon said, no one wants a miserable PT. And it is true. I think as well, like, I think we are very, very lucky that both of us are pretty upbeat. So yeah. it, that doesn't, it, it's not really too hard. But um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. talking of uh, PTs and clients, I have a question from one of my clients and he said, you know what, I'm going to read out the full question. So I've written down the note. <sighs> but um, it'd be nice to have the, the, the full question, which is, ta -da. as coaches, what do you want in a good client? Hmm. Great question, by the way. Great question. I think we go punchy on this one. I think what a big one for me that springs to mind straight away is honest communication. Oh That's yeah. Probably yeah. Top top of the top of my list, which is honest communication because without yeah, because without that, there is no chance of Sasha and I being able to do our job effectively. Communication, it makes it hard. Honest communication like is is definitely required. And the reason for this is because whether or not it's checking in, whether or not it's letting us know that you couldn't do a session for whatever reason whether or not it's being honest that you don't understand something or you're struggling with something external to what's going on, it helps Sasha and I know how to adapt your program, but also how we approach you as a person, whether we need to give you a bit of headspace, whether we need to be on it you a little bit more, whether we need to check in a little bit more. Like, it's just, it really, really does help. And I always think it's it's weird because I don't know about you, Sash, but I've never been ghosted in my dating life ever, but I have been ghosted as a coach once or twice, oh which makes me sad, <laughs> which makes me sad. Like people, and maybe it's, obviously I understand everyone has a different way of dealing with things, but it is so hard when someone just doesn't reply to your messages or talk to you because ultimately like all Sash and I want to do is help. That's it. That's all we want to do. We just want to help. And it's like, by you not just dropping us a message saying, I've got a lot going on at the minute, but I'll drop you a message next week. Or actually, could we jump on a call? Because I just want to tell you about this, this or this. I'm struggling with the timings of the workouts or this exercise or this, whatever. It just really helps. So honest communication for me is a biggie. Yeah, no, I think it's number one for me as well. Um, I know this is me as a person in my, uh, in my social life and my romantic life and everything. Like it's really important um, if if something isn't right as a client, if something isn't right, if you don't speak up about it, it nothing will happen. And obviously, you know, this is an investment for, for, for a lot of people. And it's like, for you to get the most out of it without communication, 
it, it, it nothing's going to happen. That, so obviously the issue is, is that like you said, um, like I work with men and women um, and women tend to be better at uh, communicating and they say what's on their mind a lot more. Uh, uh, the, some of the men I train tend to um, just want to be not left alone, but like go into their own world a little bit, not maybe as good as communicating. That's absolutely fine because I know that now. Um, yeah. But it's super important, like, because otherwise, like we work individually with people. It's like we can't individualize a program if we don't know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to make up a few examples, but like say you're going for a weekend away, Thursday to Monday, and you don't say anything. It's like, okay, but I've, just, I've programmed your week, but I didn't know you were away. It's like, just just let us know that you're going on. Yeah. You know, little message, by the way, I'm away this weekend. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, communication, definitely. Um, so obviously I agree with, with Jess on that one. Um, I think the biggest, uh, one of the most important things for a good client is just their understanding as well as my understanding of this is a collaborative thing and it's an Mm. energy exchange um so if a client fully understands that like there's a human behind the laptop and it I am I will put up my side of the of the um the deal if they put up theirs and it's an understand you know it's like okay I will listen to you and program what I know is best for what you need at the moment. And I will um, communicate with you and I will listen to everything you say and I will give you what I think is the best prescription for you right now. I expect the person to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's like, oh, it's not demanding. It's like, well, yeah, you know, you're paying me. And I, it sounds silly, but there's nothing worse than someone paying you and them not doing anything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to take your money. And just, I want, and just it. Do it. I want yeah. you to do it because we we are literally coaches because we want to help you get there. So yeah. for anyone listening and they have a PT or they're thinking about getting one like these, this is super important. And I um I wrote a little thing the other day. I was like, you're having a PT can either change your life or it can be something that you completely forget about. And like, oh, yeah. remember when I uh oh yeah, remember when I hired that yeah or it can be yeah. like oh my god I'm so glad I worked with so-and-so for a couple of years because now I just feel like so much more relaxed about it's like it can either change your life to get there or it can be something that you don't remember their name yeah no? and it's like you like you say you're paying for you're not only paying for mine and Sasha's time which is a very small part of it but you're paying for like the years of experience in in coaching that we have where we've worked with people similar to you the the courses, the qualifications that we've gone through, similar to any, similar to probably our clients' jobs, I could not come and do your job. Just yeah. like it's it's ju- it's just trying to remind that it, it is like you say, it's, it's a collaborative thing. It's like a, an energy exchange in, in regards to it needs to be like two ways, otherwise it just doesn't work. Um, but yeah, it, it is such a important one. I think on that note, um, cool. Yeah. And I think someone who I like to be asked questions about what we're doing as well, um, because obviously you shouldn't put something in if you don't know why it's there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do like that um, aspect of it. But also, also. I like a client to. If they have a goal. And they no longer want to 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 chase that goal, it doesn't matter yeah if you want to change it trust me you can't force it I was saying this to Craig the other day I was like if you don't want to do something you ain't going to do it so to have a goal that's borrowed or forced it's like I love it if a client says oh you know what I know we've been training for um uh, this bench press but like I'm not really enjoying the training and to be honest I don't really want to go for a one rep max anymore so um can we remove that as a focus yeah fine yeah it's your goal if you don't believe it that's your point yeah whatever you want yeah. that's absolutely fine um yeah so good one good one right let's go on to a light-hearted one if you could only read this from anna if any you could read one book for the rest of your life what would it be she said she will allow one fiction and non-fiction 
She will allow This is a tough one, to be fair. She will allow it. This is a tough one. Um, because I always think as well, I don't I have a few books that I would go back and read again, but I I don't tend to spend a lot of time like rereading books. It's more like I'll just pick nuggets from ones that I've read previously that I'm like, oh, I really like this. So I would say one that I bang on about all the time and it just comes up. And I think it is just one of those ones that I would read it again and again because it's in its Atomic Habits by James Clear, just because as a nonfiction one, it's a staple one. I reference it so much in my coaching. So many of the principles are a nice refresher for my own life. So if I had it on my bookshelf, I only, if I only had a massive bookshelf in my house and I was only allowed one book on there for nonfiction, it would be that one because I think it is just, it would be a good one just to spark a bit of energy every now and again. Yeah, that's easy. But there's so many books out there in the world that may change yeah. in the future. You know what? I'm, I'm going to find it really hard to answer the fiction mm. because I'm not a big fiction reader. I'm trying to think in my life what book I really enjoyed. You know what? I used to really... <laughs> I used to read the Philippa, Greg, Philippa Gregory um, historic, you know, like Henry VIII, The Other Balloon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I loved them. Um, but that was the only time in my life where I've really been into um, fiction books. But for non-fiction, I, do, I couldn't choose one. Oh, that's the question that has to be one. Has to be one. Um, I'm trying to think as well. Maybe the biggest, the one that's changed my life the most. Is that valid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I mean, like the Atomic Habits one definitely changed my perspective on how to coach, so. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what book is it? I already know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God's sake. Right, I think there's two things in life that we need to understand. There's actually many things, but there's two things. There's, <laughs> there's two, two things, things that, I that everyone, everyone will have to deal with at one point in their life. Health. Yeah. number one health number two money and that's why <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> my um the non-fiction book that changed my life the most was Ramit Sethi um, I, will, <laughs> I hate the title I would happily say this to him as well but I love the book but it's called I will teach you to be rich and hmm. it, it is a book that I I don't think I've read a, a book so deeply I did I read it in lockdown and um everyone has money well you know in in we are lucky enough in that we you know I work with people with jobs you work with people with jobs I have a job uh you know in this world we are very very lucky and we're all probably in the top one percent of wealthiest people in the world which is bizarre to think about yeah but um, the book helped me um, because it made me realize how much, how you don't have to earn a lot of money to have a lot of money. Which yeah. Really important for me because I'm self-employed. I don't make a, a horrendous amount of money. Um, I've been single for a very long time. I moved out of my hometown very early. So I've always had to make my own money and I've had jobs since I was 14 and reading that book knowing there are so many things that I cannot believe I did in my 20s that I would never do again and I just think that if any everyone could read that book at the age of 20 then we'd be in a lot better position now yeah 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 it, it taught me literally life skills that will 100% change my life completely uh for the for the, literally for the rest of my life just mm. think like just as an example because I know everyone's gonna be like oh what please like that <laughs> talk about in a minute but like for example if you um in the last 20 years from what we know from the data if you saved ten thousand pounds in 2001 right now it would be worth six thousand four hundred and fifty pounds or something because of inflation and as we know if you leave money in the bank it's it's useless to a certain extent but if you invested that ten thousand pounds uh, now to this day, it'd be worth about six hundred and seventy thousand pounds. Boom, because of of how the stock markets work. So it's like 
there that just just that fact alone is the difference between six hundred thousand pounds from from quite a, a modest saving of ten thousand mm. little things like that and when I read this book it's like I, I would read a page and just drop it and be like oh my god what have I done <laughs> but then that's a bit like fitness isn't it right this is why it is it transfers because how many times have we gone like ah like oh god I can't believe I used to do that or whatever it might be exactly and like and and he the writer is very into fitness so he references a lot of things to health and fitness as well which is great for me because I'm like oh my god that makes sense just like interest like little bits over time and ignoring certain things and just letting it grow in the background it's like that's fitness yeah and it's the, the two things are so linked so if I could um, give everyone a tip and if if you don't make a lot of money but you want to make your money work for you and understand how it works and <laughs> I know that like, Daniel, your life right and I know that like Daniel and my mum and like people and fucking Craig or anyone who's listening says like Sasha stop going on about that book but that should tell you something like read the fucking book yeah because it is already like taught me so much about like everything to do with personal finance and as a self-employed person you either learn about it or you fall behind you know yeah and don't you think as well like I I think book recommendations come when it come all the time people will say I'll read this book read this book but sometimes the right book just comes at the right time and it's just perfect and hits that sweet spot non-fiction wise I don't really know about non-fiction for myself because again I am a bit of a bugger I don't read a lot of fiction um non-fiction I'm getting confused fiction <laughs> I don't read a lot of fiction I, I tend to read tons and tons of non-fiction because I find it like interesting and like I, I tend to read fiction when I go on holiday because it's the only time where I feel like yeah I find something a bit light um what did I like that was really good but I've, I don't have a favorite fiction I'm afraid but what I've read recently which was really good I read Midnight Library by Matt Haig that was quite an easy read good I've uh, I follow him on Instagram yeah it was an easy read it was nice it was a good like good like happy just kind of like follow along story it was quite easy to consume um but then I would go back to like my old school like in regards to I when I was a kid loved Harry Potter and those books I will never get over how how excited I was when those books would come out god I used to get so excited I love so Harry Potter books and Matt's little girl, she's got into it now. And it's like, I'm reliving it all over again because she's into it. And I'm like, this is the best. This is the gift that keeps on giving. But yeah, it's, yeah. And I used to just love those. I don't think, I think I'll ever feel as passionate about anything as I did when I was a kid, when you were like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. But so that's mine. That's mine in a nutshell. I'm rubbish with fiction. I will, if anyone's got any recommendations, please fire them my way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, then life top life hack means I really struggle with this one right so Anna said what's your top life hack no cheating and saying that you have to work for everything in life which is true I find it um it's quite a hard question because I wasn't 100% sure on the meaning of the term um because when I think of hacks I think of like things that you can do to make things easier like in the kitchen or Mm. like a rice cooker. <laughs> rice cooker. Like, it's, it's a great way to cook rice. <laughs> um, so I said to Jess, um, silk pillowcase. Yeah. My mum sent me a, as a present a couple of years ago, a, a silk pillowcase. Um, and, pe- and when I take it to Daniel's, I, like, I literally take it with me. I'll unzip it and I'll fold it up. I'll, wherever I'm going, I'll take it with me. And um, basically, it means that you don't have to do your hair in the morning because it, your hair slides around on the silk instead of getting matted. So you, so say you've done your hair. If you go to sleep on the silk pillowcase, you'll wake up and your hair will look the same. Do and you? It, it works. Otherwise, I wouldn't take it everywhere with me. If I went camping, I take my silk pillowcase. I'm not even ashamed to say it. But like last night was a hot night's sleep. How was that? Because silk on a hot night freaks me out. So last night I went into town and I stayed at Daniel's and I didn't have it with me. Oh. My hair looks like shit. <laughs> ah, what a, what a sad story. Yeah. I maybe need one because my hair's a bit wild. Maybe I should invest. Oh. But whenever I think about sleeping in, because I've got some silk pajamas and every time I sleep in those, I'm like, oh, it's just a big hot mess. Like I just get too tied down. No, it's so. like, um, 
you don't notice it too much it's and it's good quality silk I think my mum even um went all out and got me a, mul a mulberry silk one it came in a nice box oh nice uh, it washes really well and um it just say because in the mornings I have like half an hour to get ready before I need to go so it saves me so much time so I don't even have to brush my hair I don't even look at it I'm just like yeah go I I'm trying to think of like what life hacks I actually do because there's there's plenty of health and fitness ones right that I think have like transferred into just part of my everyday life would you agree yeah. that you've done over the years like I don't snooze my alarm because that just kind of prolongs the fact and I don't get back to a good sleep so what's the point so like little things like that it's not really a hack but it's just part of my life always have a water ball in my eye line all day because then I'm more inclined to drink it um but when it came no coffee after 12 no coffee after 12 uh, no water for me no water after 8 p.m mm -hmm. um people are like oh my god why it's like well I don't want to get up in the night and piss and if yeah you guzzle, if you need to literally guzzle a pint of water at eight o'clock then you've not been drinking enough in the day yeah so that's it is yeah there's 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 little ones isn't there like I'm just trying to think of things that I do that I probably um one of my friends does a really good thing where she's got like have you heard of like having a capsule wardrobe yeah she does that and I she watched Doc one dear oh I don't, I don't even know no she she just I don't even know I don't think I've watched it but she I does it where she has like she doesn't, if she don't wear it within six months and within that season she just gets rid whenever one item goes in another item goes out so her wardrobe is like I remember going around to her house once and she was I, I needed an outfit for something she was like oh okay you can borrow a dress and I was like where's your clothes she was like that's him I was like no and she was like yeah that's it that's all my wardrobe and I was like I can't actually believe that that's the amount of clothes that you have but we're moving house soon and this will be a game changer for me because me and Matt have far too many clothes and we don't even wear, I, I'm just, I don't like to get rid of things. I'm like, sent, I like sentimental value attached to stuff. You need to be brutal. I've got no. three, you'll see the charity shops were shut during lockdown, but I've got three bags there that need to go to charity shop. Um, I'm going to do another clear out of, of, my wardrobe there that's quite organized but I'm a six months if I don't wear it but I'll always take it to a charity shop um I like to look at my wardrobe I think I would wear any of that now but if I'm like eh, I'm just like gone. get rid I love it so honestly it's so refreshing when you've just got like minimalist I I wear all these things um do it I'm gonna do it oh, it's so satisfying I love it I do it with underwear as well I throw away socks like if I've worn I like really nice socks so if my socks are starting to like, uh, like when I got back from Saudi, all my white socks were like sandy and like deserty. Mm. So I got rid of all of them, new socks, new knickers. Um, I need, like, for example, now I need sports bras because my sports bras are horrendous from yeah. where for years and years and years. They've lost all their elastic. My boobs are fucking flying everywhere, sticking <laughs> out the sides. Then not, nothing supports me. I have to wear two. So, and I've got big old titties. So, um, that's gonna in fact on Friday when we're in town, let's go to Lululemon because I need to buy a new sports bra. New sports bra time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. It's just like those little things that everyone individually, you know, makes your life easier, isn't it? It's not like necessarily some revolutionary hack. It's just like what makes your life easier. Getting up in the morning, knowing that your wardrobe is just everything's ready to wear. Or for example, if you're trying to drink more water, we'll make sure it's in your eyeline all day or and like James Clear talks a lot about like habit stacking like if you find it hard to build a new habit like add something else onto your existing habit like if you want to drink more water have a glass of water before you have your coffee in the morning all these things really do add up but yeah, of course exactly so it's like little things that make your life easier there you go that's what a life hack is that's a life hack yeah uh, silk pillowcase rice cooker um easy you know what for me easy vegetable recipes because mm. people are like um oh I, you know you need to eat more veg okay but I don't want to fucking boil, boil broccoli and put it on the side yeah in it because it's grim so it's like I like to have like I have um broccoli um with loads of garlic and ginger which and the sesame seeds which I make all the time and I always eat a whole it's so delicious I eat like a whole head of broccoli um so I know I'll have it because I really like it. Um, I make a, this Korean banchan thing, which is like cucumber, which I put on my story the other day, which I make all the time now. 
um, and it's got like a chili crisp and um, sesame oil and ginger and all this delicious thing. And it's so nice. I literally sit there and eat it. So I think if you struggle getting vegetables in, a good life hack is to find a few different little easy recipes that you can uh, use to make your vegetables taste really nice. Yeah. And it's like, make it, make a game out of it. Like make it like, okay, how can I like make this more enjoyable, save myself time? Like it's like, I think we are all quite, we're very, like I said earlier with the running, we're very task orientated as, as humans. So like make your life easy, but half the challenge for a lot of people is just giving yourself that headspace to think, okay, cool. What, where can I, what can I do here that will make it a bit better or easier? Exactly. And I would also recommend for, for little vegetable recipes, TikTok. Um, yeah good yeah and like yeah there's loads of stuff Pinterest is great Pinterest TikTok you have to fit it into a certain amount of time and they're always really simple that's where I got the broccoli thing that's where I got the um the cucumber um thing um and it's like the food stuff on there is super helpful and it's it's mm. so quick that time can never be an excuse trust me it takes me like three minutes so I can never yeah. use time as an excuse um but yeah little bits like that cool right we done it's a long one. It's a long one today. It's eleven o'clock. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, it really does. Um, I'm going to let's do another Q and A. Yeah. Next week because um. Oh, because we didn't answer the perimenopause question, but that's quite a long one. So we'll do. Um, yeah, we'll leave that in. Do that next week. Um. Yeah, let's do that. Good work. Please with that. Bye. So you've done your run today. I'm going to have some breakfast and then I'm going to do my run. Um, like for breakfast. I feel like I need a brunch now. I'm quite hungry again. No, I've not had anything yet today, but I've also. I, got- I'm holding right my rib right now because I feel like I've got a stitch, but I've not been anywhere but, but this chair for the last an hour and a half. Yeah, I feel like I've got a stitch. Well, um, I was just going to say, let's look at your run stuff, but we'll. <laughs> do that, you know in our own time <laughs> right thank you very much guys um i hope this is educational and um maybe fun informative educational and entertaining and apologies for the 20 minute fart um, <laughs> i will personally cut that all out when i'm like we literally talked about like farts and um aerobic pieces within fitness i love it oh my god you should call this podcast farts and cardio man i can't bring myself (laughs) to do it (laughs) i can't bring myself to be the person who labeled it that (laughs) god's sake anyway thank you for listening guys yet again and we shall see you next week for another q a See you next week, guys. Bye.